Hey guys, yes, it's me. Yes, uh, this is the Rogue Retirement Lounge podcast, and we've officially got a new episode. Today we're going to be talking about uh, where the hell I've been and um, BlockFi, a very uncomfortable topic. So um, let's get right to it. Um, the last episode that I did was on August 29th of last year. So why did I drop off the face of the planet? Well, Nobody cares about my work schedule, but I've currently got uh, two Fortune 100 clients, um, one of which has me on a retainer of sorts, and the other has me doing a project that's uh, just bigger and more lucrative than my normal types of jobs, so I've been focusing on those. Um, plus, you know what? Uh, I usually work on this podcast on Sundays, and this year uh, was a particularly good year for the NFL, so what the hell, I decided to pretty much take all of football season off and uh, work a bunch and not think about the podcast. So that's where I've been. Um, uh, and another reason that I uh, kind of lost interest in this little hobby was I went down the rabbit hole of researching <clears throat> uh, climate change. So about the same time that I was doing my last episode, I started thinking, uh, you know, is the prevailing sentiment, you know, 99% of all scientists agree we're going to have two meters of sea level rise in 10 years. We're all in for a global humanitarian crisis. Oceans are going to boil and on and on and on. And if that is true, if the quote unquote science is settled, as everyone says it is, is it going to fuck with my retirement? my retirement. After all, um, you know, I, I think that I'm probably going to live at least another 30, maybe 40 years. Uh, and if the doomsday prophets like your Greta Thunbergs, your Rachel Maddows, your Michael Manns, um, if those people are right and my house might be underwater, well, I'd rather know right now definitively and start making proper preparations, you know? So in the process of doing a pretty fair amount of research on the subject, I well, kind of temporarily lost interest in, you know, uh, ETFs, the inflation rate, how my real estate investments are doing. Um, so I'm not going to get into my findings here right now, but that's just another reason that I kind of drifted away from the podcast for a few months, just because I started reading everything I could about this quote unquote debate. And um, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to share what I learned in my research. And if you too are going to live for more than say 20 more years, or if you have children or grandchildren, you might want to listen, especially if you don't want to spend close to a hundred hours, uh, you know, reading books on both sides of the climate debate and worse yet, the IPCC reports that clock in at like over 3000 pages. Those things are painful. But long story short, I do want to talk about this because like so many things, we tend to make up our minds based on little to no actual information, little to no actual research, and lots of hearsay and opinion via the media that we probably already wanted to agree with in the first place, allowing us to kind of comfortably cross our arms and smugly declare a position when we actually don't know shit about the underlying science. So... More on this later, but now, now that I'm back, uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about is the news that we've been hearing about, well, actually all through 2022, um, we were hearing about crypto exchange failures, scams, Ponzi's, arrests, and on and on. And specifically, I want to talk about BlockFi. So if you're new to the show, I started singing the praises of BlockFi in 
2021. I loved the user interface. I loved the simplicity. Uh, I loved the fact that unlike most crypto exchanges, like say Coinbase, BlockFi wasn't out there shilling hundreds of different shit coins. Their entire menu consisted of 11 tokens. Okay. I liked that. I had a BlockFi credit card. I used BlockFi. I had accounts for both my solo 401k holdings and another BlockFi account just to dollar cost average into Bitcoin outside of my retirement. And well, on November 11th, in the wake of the FTX meltdown, BlockFi paused withdrawals. As of today, in February, if you had crypto in a BlockFi account, you still don't have access to it. I still don't have access to mine. Um, now, I was fortunate enough just because I, I, it scared me to have all my eggs in one basket. Before November 11th, when all this went down, I did pull some of my Bitcoin out of BlockFi and put it into Swan Bitcoin. Um, unfortunately, this was just a fraction of what I had. But... If you had holdings or have holdings in BlockFi, especially uh, if you have significant holdings like me, uh, you've probably had a low-grade stomachache for the last three months. Um, not fun. But if you found out about BlockFi from me, if uh, you used my links to sign up for BlockFi, you might just want to punch me in the face, and I wouldn't blame you one bit. I was so enamored with this stupid exchange that I was regrettably shilling it pretty hard, and I own up to that. I believed in the product, and seriously, I was a happy customer. I had my money in there. Uh, yes, I was aware that they had taken oh, last summer like on a $400 million line of credit from FTX, but at the time... I didn't see that as a red flag because remember you were seeing the FTX logo on basketball stadiums and on every major league baseball umpire. So, you know, it just, it, it was what it was and it flew right by me. And well, I thought our assets were safe. Anyway, if you, the listener, used my links to sign up for a BlockFi account. I can't get your money back. Oh, and by the way, keep listening because there is good news on that front. But no, I can't get your money back. But I think there's a, a there should be a record somewhere in the affiliate manager of anyone who did sign up. So I'm not sure what the identifier would be. I don't think it's an email address, but something. But while I can't give you your investment back, I can give you whatever commission I might have made because of the fact that you signed up. So send me an email at Matt at Rogue Retirement Lounge and let me know the date that you signed up for BlockFi um, if you signed up through my links and I'll see what I can do. Um, I know that I can't make up for the anxiety. Uh, you know, this situation has probably added to your existence like mine, but at least it's something. And I am sorry, this is a seriously fucked up situation. But all that said, there is hope. Okay, so if you haven't been following the court case, well, I have. Um, I've been getting all the briefs every morning uh, since the proceedings uh, started, and I've absorbed hundreds, maybe thousands of pages of legalese cock gobble churned out by their teams of lawyers um, and teams of lawyers representing uh, the creditors and account holders. And here's the deal. First off, if you don't have a BlockFi account, the rest of this episode is probably totally uninteresting to you. So I'd say come back and join me on the next episode. Um, but anyway, among BlockFi account holders, they've split us into two basic groups. Okay, there's a whole lot more than that. But basically, here in the States, there are two groups. Folks who held crypto in the BlockFi wallet, 
and those who had a BlockFi interest account. Most of us who joined BlockFi before the summer of 22 had both. So if you had crypto in a BlockFi wallet account, chances are you're going to get all or most of it back. Uh, that's the good news. When your, well, your guess is as good as mine on that. But the last I read, the court date set for that decision was set for February 24th. Okay, and I'm uh, recording this on the 25th. And I just combed through the latest court docs and there's no news yet. That date was announced after multiple delays. So that date's probably going to get pushed back and probably already has been. Uh, so it sucks not having access to your money and not knowing when and if you're going to get it back. Well, that really sucks. But I do believe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know when you're going to find out, but I think we're going to have some kind of an indicator here in the next couple of months. So all I believe is not lost. And word is, true or not, I can't tell you, that all of the deposits in the BlockFi wallet accounts were backed by real assets. So there really is money to give back to us wallet holders. And this is in stark contrast to FTX, which truly was a Ponzi. And they, you know, they were taking deposits and buying Bahamian real estate and Adderall and whatever with that money. But that supposedly was not the case with BlockFi. So what about the people who had money in the BlockFi interest account? Well, that unfortunately is a bit more complicated, actually uh, way more complicated. Um, why? Well, I, let me give you the most succinct description I can give you. Now, this comes from a uh, court document published on January 24th. My apologies for the uh, word salad, but this is the name of the document. Limited objection and response of the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors to the debtor's motion for entry of an order, one, authorizing the debtors to, A, honor withdrawals from wallet accounts, B, update the user interface to properly reflect transactions and assets of as of the platform pause, and C, conduct ordinary course reconciliation of accounts and two, granting related relief. Okay, that's a lot. That's just the title of the document. So I'll try to make this quick. BlockFi's lawyers put forth a motion which would have enabled people to who held um, crypto in wallet accounts to withdraw their funds, presumably all of them. But here's the catch for interest account holders. Letter B, where they said, quote, update the user interface to properly reflect transactions and assets as of the platform pause, end quote. See, what happened is once word got out that BlockFi was in trouble, everyone went to their interest accounts and initiated transfers to the wallet accounts because you can't withdraw directly from the interest accounts. You can only initiate withdrawals, I believe, out of the wallet. So everyone hoping they could beat the system and get their money out, they initiated transfers from their interest accounts to the wallets, and all of those transfers are in limbo, and BlockFi wants the ability to essentially undo those transfers so as to keep the money sequestered between the BlockFi wallet accounts and the interest accounts. It's a long story, but for me, well, I'm all for it because I had less than half a Bitcoin in an interest account. Fuck it, BlockFi, if I can get back all my wallet funds, you can keep my interest account funds and we'll call it a day. Anyway, in this quote-unquote limited objection document, this is what they say, which might help explain 
why they want wallets and interest accounts sequestered. On page four of the document, under relevant factual background, item two, paragraph eight, it reads this. Company background. BlockFi is a cryptocurrency financial services company. It historically offered, in essence, three products. Number one, a wallet account for cryptocurrency storage by which clients retain full legal title to cryptocurrency held therein. Number two, cryptocurrency trading services with BlockFi acting as intermediary to crypto markets and collecting a spread against prices available to clients. And three, here we go, cryptocurrency lending services funded in some part through retail client deposit accounts, such as the BlockFi interest account, by which clients were promised healthy interest rates in exchange for an agreement to transfer title to deposited cryptocurrency to BlockFi for redeployment. Uh-huh. So what does that mean? If you held cryptocurrency in a BlockFi interest account, you, based on the terms of service, agreed that you were transferring title to your crypto to BlockFi. So they could loan it out, make some level of yield on it, then pay you back a set interest rate below that. So the wallet and the interest accounts are two totally different business models and subject to totally different terms of service. I Hopefully that makes sense. If we all would have read the terms of service of the interest accounts, noting that they we were actually transferring title to our deposits to them, who knows, we might not have put our money into a BlockFi interest account. Now, will folks who had money in the BlockFi interest accounts get their money back? I don't know, but from the way that the court document reads, there isn't enough to do so. So I think it's likely we're going to get partial relief, you know, maybe 50%, maybe 60, who knows. But that's probably going to be a while before they get all that stuff flushed out simply because there are other companies higher on the list that BlockFi owes money to that they have their hands out. And once those settlements are made, who knows what percentage is going to be left for those interest account depositors. I don't know. Now, if you want to learn more, uh, you can log into your BlockFi account. And on the top of the page, there's a little banner saying important update, which links to their blog. There's some high level info there. And if you want to do a deep dive, there's a link to their law firm's case website where you can go as deep in the weeds as, as I have. Um, I've been obsessing on this, not only because I've got a significant amount of Bitcoin floating around in there, but also because, you know, I'm carrying a lot of guilt, honestly, given the fact that I was encouraging people, listeners, you to use BlockFi. So so again, if you did use one of my uh, links to sign up for BlockFi, you know, let me know and at least I can give you whatever commission I made back. I do feel bad uh, if, if I was the one that directed you to this fucked up company. So uh, if you have a wallet account, well, I'm not going to make any promises, but things look pretty good. And I personally am reasonably confident that we're going to see most or all of our crypto back. The only question is how long it's going to take. 
One more note, um, I have updated the link that I had put in the show notes, which was originally Rogue Retirement Lounge slash crypto. Um, that, that link appears on tons of my uh, previous episodes, but I've updated it. So now that that goes to Swan Bitcoin, um, I'm not necessarily endorsing Swan, but they are the place where I was able to put part of my Bitcoin before the BlockFi meltdown. Um now, I didn't do that because I was worried about BlockFi solvency, because if I was worried about BlockFi solvency, I would have got moved everything out of there. I just wanted to start placing smaller portions of my Bitcoin in multiple places just for the sake of risk mitigation through, I guess, diversification of deposit location. Um, and now to anyone who might be asking, why didn't you just put it into cold storage? Well, the majority of my Bitcoin is held in my 401k, and my understanding is, again, my understanding, this is not legal or financial advice, that I need to hold my Bitcoin with a custodian. Um, in previous episodes, we've talked about McNulty versus commission, and I, I did not want a prohibited transaction. Um, who knows? If you're a tax lawyer and you understand custody relating to digital assets in self-directed IRAs and 401ks, and if I have this wrong... Feel free to let me know. But anyway, I do trust the guys at Swan. They're 100% Bitcoin only, so you can't use their platform to uh, buy shit coins. They encourage self-custody. They seem rock solid. Their founder and CEO, CEO uh, Corey Clipston, is a cool dude, and I just simply trust them. Don't do what I do or what I say. Do your research, but that's that. Now, um... Finally, I've been asked, do you still believe in Bitcoin? And I've got to say that even if BlockFi folds completely and I lose all the Bitcoin I held with them, my answer is yes. Yes, my conviction is stronger now than it was a year ago or more. Um, you know, just look at the global macro picture. We've got war, recession, food shortages, inflation, political division, migrant crises, uh, you know, here and in Europe. Look at the runaway inflation in Venezuela and in, 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 in Argentina and Turkey. Look at look at Bitcoin adoption by people who truly understand what it's like to have their government inflate away their life savings. Why do you think that people in Africa are clamoring to get their hands on Bitcoin? We as Americans have no idea what it's like to be unbanked much less to have 1,000% inflation. We don't live under the constant threat of having our money confiscated. Um, remember Cyprus um, or, or how about Lebanon right now? D d I don't know if you saw this, but there was a woman who held up a Lebanese bank at gunpoint just to try to get her own money out. Anyway, I could go on, but consider this. Uh, here's a here's a tweet from Jack Maulers. If you haven't heard of him, he's a young entrepreneur. He's the founder of Strike. Um, he's a smart kid. He tweeted this recently. The Bitcoin network is the central banking system of the internet. It was created on January 3rd, 2009, when Satoshi Nakamoto mined the first Bitcoin block after a series of financial panics led to the desire for a distributed monetary system in order to alleviate financial crises, improve financial inclusion, and enhance human freedoms. Events such as the global financial crisis in 2008, hyperinflation in emerging markets, tyrannical monetary oversight from authoritarian regimes, and the COVID inflation in the 2020s have led to the expansion of the value and use of the Bitcoin network. 
The Bitcoin network is the only monetary system in history to have never transformed its monetary policy. It's the only monetary system in history to be governed by a network of distributed peers and issue an instrument bounded to a relationship with energy, i.e. Bitcoin mining, as opposed to a relationship with a nation state and or country. This gives the Bitcoin network properties that are unique compared to other central banks where monetary policy is centrally controlled. Entities are given the privilege to inflate the currency and objectives are centered around a country's employment, prices, and interest rates. Pretty good, huh? Bitcoin is uh, Bitcoin's different. Bitcoin is sound money. And so, yes, I am fully as convicted about this instrument as I was before all this bullshit started happening in 2022. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining me. Happy New Year. And uh, I'll be back at you soon. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 